Welcome back to the Between Us Agents podcast, where everything we talk about is just between us agents. I'm Robbie Lyons, one of your co-hosts, and today I am joined with Samantha Boyd and Sean. I like ever since the first episode. <laughs> Lee. Well, Sam got it wrong, but yes, Sean Lee is here as well. Oh my god, Sean is here with us. Okay, oh, we're off to a roaring start here. I'm going home. <laughs> Aren't we all Welcome. home? This is I've literally never said it wrong before in my life. <laughs> I think I said it last week, and then I just didn't realize that I said it wrong. Yeah. The There's got to be something in the air today. I think it's all the hail God. that everybody's been having. <laughs> I keep seeing that like online, but I had no hail to my knowledge. I Same. forgot about that. Yeah, I thought someone um, sent a picture that lives in like the Space Coast mm-hmm. and on, on, on Facebook and it literally looked like there was a winter. And I'm like, where is she vacationing right now? Like, <laughs> it's like... Like where is she? But like she's mm-hmm. one of my agents, and I'm, but she wasn't. She it was just hail. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. All right. So some of our topics today that I kind of want to just run through before we start talking and about each other. Before we start talking about each other's weeks. All right. So some of the topics today: lower credit equals lower mortgage payment. Tampa rental market is hot. According to an article that we'll read, you have to make at least $70,000 a year to make it, which Tampa University of Tampa students kind of freaking out. Um, (laughs) Realtor essential needs in your car. Like what is in your to-go bag? Um, What not to say when you call a lead for the first time online, like an online lead. Um, Ending it with an nightmare deal i know you said not to put nightmare but nightmare deal from (laughs) yours truly samantha boyd and then possibly some would you rathers if we have some time samantha's had a day she's drinking a dirty martini i think she's the only one drinking hard liquor on the call right now but that's okay (laughs) you guys are always (laughs) out doing me not that is not true back again with elijah craig Hmm. There you go. Elijah Craig with Sean. Mm-hmm. I'm just sipping um, just a nice Lagunita. Nice. All right. So lower credit equal lower mortgage payment. Um, I think this has kind of been flying around a lot um, on mm-hmm. at least on social media. Um, not to like plug myself, but I did make a video and it did really, really well. I think it drew a lot of attention. <laughs> it was a shareable video, which we talk about when you're creating content for as a realtor, you want to make things that are a little bit shareable. Um, but anyways, here we go. How the U.S. Subsi- this is a article from the New York Post. How the U.S. is subsidizing high risk home buyers at the cost of those with good credit. Um, this uh, so this goes into effect. Monday, but apparently, according to a lender that we all use um, frequently, they they've been pricing this stuff in for the past couple months. So basically, if you have a credit score that is higher than seven forty, you might be paying a little bit more in your mortgage if you're putting fifteen to twenty percent down. What are your all thoughts on this? Because I don't want to go through the whole article, but you guys know what I'm talking about. I think before we dig into our opinions, we should try to stay as not political as possible. 
Yeah, that's fine. Okay, I just think it's kind of, I think it is kind of, um, well, okay, not political, but I, I, I think that like, it's very confusing. And I think Mm -hmm. as realtors, we're not going to be having those. I feel bad for lenders. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're the ones that are going to be having those difficult conversations. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's but. definitely demoralizing for mm-hmm. anybody that's been working really hard to get to a certain point, be able to put the 20% down, have a good credit score. Mm-hmm. And while it is small, like I think that it's kind of gotten blown out of proportion. It's still like the, the idea behind it doesn't make any logical sense to me and nobody else mm-hmm. that I've talked to like, why would you try so hard and save up so much to get to this point and then be almost punished for it? It doesn't make any Mm -hmm. sense. Not only that, but also the people that have been going through credit repair for the last two or three years because they saw how booming the market was. And then they get to this point and they're like, wait a second, we're going to slap your hand because you were doing so well in your credit repair. Got your credit points, your FICO score up and everything. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I think it's interesting because there's a lot of programs out there like there's a lot of county assistant programs that are out there mm-hmm. um, where you can buy a house. There are the county assistants, and then there's also the in Florida. What's it called? The, the hometown, the hometown heroes. heroes. Hometown heroes one where you can mm-hmm. get up to twenty five. It's not a it's not a grant. It's a you know I guess a loan that goes into the mortgage. But and um, yeah, it's up to twenty five thousand if you're like a nurse, medic, teacher. You know, there's a whole list of things. So, I mean, there are programs out there if you don't have any money. So I think that it is interesting that not only if you have money, you're going to get penalized a little bit more. Um, But I I mean, Sam, you did say that it's a a little bit. I don't think it's a little like an extra. So um, with today's current interest rates, um, a $400,000 house with today's current interest rates, you can pay a 1.25% point to get rid of that mm-hmm. um, credit score or get rid of that payment. And it's like a pretty, not a hefty payment, but it's mm-hmm. basically PMI mm-hmm. um, payment of like $135 a month on a $400,000 mortgage over the course of a loan, which is 49 grand, which is crazy. Um, or just pay the 1.25% fee to get off the, yeah. at closing to not pay that. But it's kind of the, gun to the head situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I almost wonder like what the thought, like what's the real reason for it? Is it to de-incentivize these more established buyers from being in the market, therefore cooling down the housing market in theory, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Is it just to completely get away from this idea of the American dream and home ownership and kind of steer our country in a different direction? Where's my tinfoil hat? (laughs) so many things that this could be uh i don't know um you know what i'm trying to say no no why why is this happening yeah Yeah. it's just kind of confusing and and i do think it's probably going to get reversed Mm -hmm. um but you know not to get too political but i think it kind of was like a you know to buy voters just like this is what we did but Mm -hmm. depending on what side you look at it or if they just incentivize the other side, though, because like, obviously, we've been looking at it from like the good credit buyers, but also the housing yeah. affordability scale, trying to Which I don't incentivize think... people. I mean, they're not getting a huge credit, but they're getting what an extra what 137 or whatever the case may be off of their monthly mortgage. 
So. Which kind of just contradicts the entire idea of a credit score and a large down payment. <laughs> Are we trying to have a housing crisis? Is that yeah, what we're? Right. Yeah, I mean, is it goal? is. It, def, it definitely is interesting. I, I, I think that, and it also just happened like in a week. I feel like everyone found out about it. Oh, but that's yeah. how the media reports things, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's been in effect for forty-five days. Like, no, right. like where, where is this? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So they're like, they they wait until, and I hate it whenever I use this like ominous day, but they wait until it's like a week before D Day, and they know they can hype everyone up because it's happening so soon, and it just like came out of the blue. They can mm-hmm. get all the retweets and all the shares, and they can go viral on Instagram. Robbie, just kidding. Um, <laughs> But it's it's definitely thought out. Like there's a reason behind the madness. Yeah, there there's a reason. I wish I knew what it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, some so, people just used it for clickbait. So, I mean, in Robbie's case, <laughs> yeah, that video went viral. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the moment when I made the video, I was pretty frustrated and I did and confused at the same time. But I think mm-hmm. that's what happens. You know, like you're video that you put like no work into (laughs) it's the most views (laughs) all right moving on new report shows rent prices start to drop nationwide but not in tampa (laughs) that's literally the article it says but not in tampa is that that's but not in tampa (laughs) okay like this is also, I think these are according to Redfin. But anyways, as Florida continues to grow at unpre- unprecedented rates, all of extra people are making it tougher to find an affordable apartment or even keeping your existing rent from skyrocketing when your lease is up. I'm not going to read all of these people, but according to Redfin, there's a glimmer of hope. A recent study found the median rent drop 0.04. 0.04% like <laughs> in March. That's the lowest level in 13 months, but that hope does not apply to renters in the Tampa Bay area. That same report shows rents, rent rates in the Tampa, it keeps saying Tampa, like it's, it's like mouthful in the metro area rose close to 4%. Digging deeper into the numbers, according to gobankingrates.com, renters need to make nearly 70,000 a year to afford a place in Tampa. Are people moving out of Tampa? Like, are too many? Apparently, people are moving into Tampa, right, Sam? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of people moving into Tampa, and there have been for the past two years. Well, it's so we're definitely sense. experiencing a housing shortage. Mm-hmm. Housing shortage, and it's <clears throat> a, a young young people are moving to Tampa. Which yeah, so they're looking like, for you like, to, you like that more affordable housing they're looking for less expensive housing and unfortunately there's only so much of it i actually live really close to the university of tampa i walk by it like every day um and they are putting up like new apartment building after new apartment building after new apartment building like just in the two years that i've lived in the city of tampa i think that like eight new ones within my like little block have kind of popped up um which is good it's not as pretty to look at as some of these like cool houses that used to be yeah. around, <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it's really expensive to live here, especially like in Tampa. You can go to the suburbs right. and outerlying areas, sure, but right. that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Well, I mean, I okay. So this was a couple. This was probably eight or nine years ago, but it's probably changed a lot. When did you move to Tampa? Twenty nineteen. 
2019. It was a, it was not very nice. I'm not trying to shit <laughs> on Tampa, but it wasn't like a fun, it wasn't like a fun spot to go to. Like, oh yeah, Tampa. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. go. But yeah. now it's like booming. I mean, they've, they've put a lot into the city. Um, yeah. I personally love our mayor. And I think that they've really prioritized making sure that it's sustainably growing, um, growing mm-hmm. in a way that's going to continue attracting and has the ability to um, exceed probably what they've even planned for now, right? Redeveloping a lot of areas that were previously factories, especially like, you know, areas like Ivor or mm-hmm. areas that were residential that really were way too close to town. And now they're redeveloping those into something more city use. So. Mm-hmm. Tampa's grown a ton and I'm really excited mm-hmm. about the development that we're seeing here, but it's still some parts of it, like road by road. Like if I go mm-hmm. three blocks North of my house, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that is where I did my trash pickup duty the other day, but oh, my God. so it's cleaner. <laughs> 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 There's a reason why I was assigned that road. <laughs> like just for fun, you're just driving down there or what? Or are you volunteering? Oh, I was like, like a community cleanup. I'm like oh, one cool. of those people now. Yeah. I go uh, on a Saturday morning with the trash bag and grab her dabbers. <laughs> <laughs> one of those people now. That's hilarious. Um, Sean, anything on that? I have nothing to share on Tampa. I know very little of Tampa. I mean, I know that. And Besides in the concert area, halls and the occasional sporting events, that's kind of the reason why i'll ever go out there but i mean you can you can thank tom brady sam oh, <laughs> you could thank i mean the lightning as well yeah. yep the lightning did I mean, great you could thank yeah all sporting events for bringing more people in and then also what all the news media did saying the best places to live was in tampa of course that was you mean released, reporting what, just after right after covid yes i wish i had bad bad news about my area because then people wouldn't want to move here Mm -hmm. Mm. just kidding that's not gonna happen (laughs) okay we're we're pretty densely populated right now i will say that the hillsborough side of like tampa bay is a lot better than the Pinellas side. Pinellas, you literally have to demolish a house if you want new construction. Like, it's just not going to happen for you. At least on the Hillsborough side, we can, like, expand. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I don't expect prices to come down. Hillsbury. Hillsborough (laughs) County ends where? What do you mean? Like, what's... Give me, me like, a city. Like, where does it end? Uh, Like, because... Goes down through Sun City, over through, like, West Chase area, and then you've got, like, the peninsula that is Pinellas. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. So <laughs> I know that I know that Sam is big on um, you know essentials um, in your car. You seem like a me and Sean probably. If you looked in our essential to go bag as realtors, it's probably not as packed with things as you. Mm-hmm. Are we? Am I? Is that assumption correct? <laughs> I think what you're imagining, and tell me if I'm wrong, is that I've got this like really well put together literal kind of bag in the, or like a tote in the back of my car and I just open up my trunk and I go, ooh, what real estate tools do I need today? And I like pull out my freaking clipboard and my binoculars mm. and like, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's the essential I, first aid kit of real estate, if you will. Right. 
Right. I don't know why people have this perception of me. I appreciate it. It's it's very complimentary. Mm. I'm not an organized person. Like I, if you just take the lid off of this, I'm an absolute dumpster fire of chaos underneath. And my car, when I was in production, was exactly that. Mm -hmm. MLS sheets in the back seat, car snacks yeah. were a necessity. Mm -hmm. If I didn't have car snacks, I was going to be hangry all day and I probably wasn't going to sell any houses. Um, a mallet, because you never know when you need to like bang your sign back in if you're showing your listing an extra lockbox. I would say that I always had an extra water, but that's not true. I always had an extra half drink water that had been in my car for months and sat in the I sun. I would have gone just one or like five <laughs> rolling four. on the floorboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Half drink. They've been sitting in there long enough that uh, the entire the backseat full of like it. empty LaCroix cans because mm -hmm. my trash can is probably full in the car. Did you say LaCroix? Um, what do you say? LaCroix. What do you really? I think it's the other way. I'm so, I don't off. know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm trying to learn French on Duolingo, so I think that that's what that was. <laughs> my, my wife is fluent in French. So, yeah. Really? Sorry, Robbie, to say that you're wrong, but. Le croix. Wow. Le croix. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. I like that. But All okay. right. <laughs> toilet I mean, paper. You should always have toilet paper in your car. Personally, I'm a bubbly person, but, you know. Mm. <laughs> Okay. Rock Publix all day. Um, mm. So some things that other realtors use, and some of these are kind of interesting. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, toilet paper, cleaning towels. Mm -hmm. This one's interesting. Work gloves to pull weeds. No. Can't say Not I've me. always done that. There's nope. never that realtor. I see a weed and I'm like, you should seller, Mr. Seller. <laughs> <laughs> you should fix that. <laughs> Um, lockbox combos. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, here's another one that I think is strange. Zip ties. That's not oh. strange. I've actually regretted not having zip ties in my car several times. For what purpose? <clears throat> well, one, we live in Florida. So you put up your listing sign, right? And if you don't mm -hmm. zip tie it, one good wind, it's gone. Okay. I can see that. Okay. Because <laughs> the grommets on the corners are obviously have a have a hook on the end. So using right. a zip tie to secure it. Exactly. Okay. All right. A leatherman. No okay. knives. I I just carried a gun. So I, Really? You know. Um personally just in my car. Not with mm -hmm. me at the showing, but it was in my car. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm for things um painter's tape no okay i had a roll i mean when we're when, yeah for new, for like new construction sure you get a roll yeah. of painter's tape right but, no way uh, they provide the painter's tape I don't but know. in the case that own? some people put 700 they're going through <laughs> that blue tape real quick <laughs> The one that framed out the door frame, I guarantee that's that was fair. probably a half of the row of the blue tape that the other guy brought. So that's fair. Tape measure or laser mm -hmm. measure. Mm -hmm. The things that you stick on the wall and measure. Mm -hmm. Let's I spend some time talking about tape measures. What were you gonna say? Yeah, like I feel like I've I have tape measure in my car, but mm -hmm. I never brought it into the showing to like let's measure this room. Mm -hmm. I I think the only time I've ever used it. I think the only time I've ever used it is to measure if the buyer's 
85 inch TV would fit on that wall. <laughs> it sounds absolutely crazy, but that's the only time I've ever used a measuring tape or laser mm. measure. I'm showing. I had a mentor, um, and it might have been because I was in a different state. The real estate's different everywhere you go. But like we, like she was like, absolutely not. We do not measure things for people. We do not hold the measuring tape down and tell them what it says whenever they ask us for the measurement because that's something they could come back and sue you for. I bought this house with the idea that this was a six by six room, and it turns out, fudgy fingers over here can't measure. <laughs> like. <laughs> I got sued. You know, that's just something I wouldn't do. Absolutely not. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, all right. Moving on. Smoke detector for uh, smoke detector batteries and smoke no. detectors. I'm not In case the appraiser needs it. it. In case the appraiser Wait. needs it? Wait, yeah. What? You know, sometimes like in an FHA home, if they don't have an, a, a smoke detector. Yeah. Okay. Which... That is very thinking ahead. That's too much. You're doing too much. Yeah. Exactly. Proactive levels are exceeding the yeah. mission check at the end. Right, right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am, I replace, am I going around replacing batteries and smoke detectors? Because we know we've all done showings at least a handful, if not two handfuls of a time. And you're just hearing the chirping coming from one room. Yeah. And you can't quite figure out which one it is. Yeah, you're just, mm -hmm. you're just kind of walking through the house, like twitching mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Um, car desk. You know, like things you sit on your lap, like a car desk, you know, for your laptop. Can't um, say I've done that. Yeah, regular lap say. works well for laptops. A laptop. A laptop. Yeah. <laughs> Throw it on laptop. the old lap. I'm not putting. I'm not reaching around the back to grab a desk to put on my steering wheel. <laughs> the regular old policeman uh, pulling by, and he's waving because we both have lap or both have desks in our cars. <laughs> Kids Moving pulled over on. for laptoping and driving. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, most, so this is according this in this article. It's mentioned specifically new agent, and you don't know anything about cars. It's essential that you have a roadside assistant plan, either through your car dealer, your auto insurance, or AAA. Oh, like if you pop a tire yeah. or something? Something like that. You know, that is, yeah, again, never really thought about that. Right. I guess and depending I on when that article came out, too, assistance. is, right. I guess when that article came out, too, you got to think of it from the times to when people used to cart around buyers and showing properties inside their car and driving them to and fro. Have you guys actually, like, drove people around? I can't Not say if I they weren't, have. like, my friend. No. Yeah. I, I grew up and I my grandfather say, taking people, sure, but that was also back in the eighties and nineties when it was Yeah, where you more. like met at the real the office. At and the then office. You like went, yeah. And then you mm -hmm. went out. Yeah, no, I'm just gonna meet you at the property. I'm gonna call you into the gate. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be on the list, okay? All right. Um, but you know, couple things and then it kind of finishes off like what's in your to go bag. Honestly, mine would be bare. It'd be very bare. It wouldn't have a lot of these things. I thought you were saying you were going to bring bear. Like bear I thought you were doing like know. aspirin. Like bear aspirin. Yeah. I'm bringing bear aspirin <laughs> to every show. <laughs> Ibuprofen, honestly. Long day of showings, you get a headache. You need mm -hmm. some, some Advil in your car for sure. 
trying to think of what else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just like MLS sheets for days, notebooks. Mm -hmm. I was honestly the always the worst about remembering to bring business cards. Um, mm -hmm. I think that they're yeah. a waste. Yeah. I think when your business cards in and of there. itself. Yep. 100%. They're the biggest waste in real estate. And I'll stand on that soapbox. Yeah. Can you think of a feasible reason besides using regular business cards? Like I see, like I use personally a digital business card that I can actually send to the person and see them save my contact information in there. But those people yeah, that actually? go in like with that. physical, yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Um, mine's like a QR code on my phone. Um, but I never, maybe you guys can shine some light here is what is the real reason why people put business cards after showings? I never, I always left that them logic. on the kitchen counter. Right. I don't understand that logic. Why? I don't know. In case I think the idea is to prove that you were there, right? So you have to okay. get back to like a time in real estate before there were these like showing time logs or super logs, like mm -hmm. The person that's selling their property wanted to know that like whoever came into their house was a licensed realtor. And if mm -hmm. something was wrong, they probably wanted a number to call back. Right now, okay. I think it's ridiculous. Why would you do that? No clue. I'm gonna try to get my face out there as much as I can and I'm gonna leave it on the kitchen counter and maybe stuff one in the drawer. Okay, but walk me through the logic. Let's pretend like I'm the lead. I'm walking through the house on a showing with my agent and I pass over the kitchen counter and in between looking at the garbage disposal and the freezer, I say, oh, who's this fine young gent on the counter? I'd love to work with him. <laughs> like, what, what do you think is going to happen? It's like the epitome of a Tinder profile, just of business cards. You're like, uh, not that one, not this one. And that you're one already okay. there with your realtor. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. It was super so like this one. Um, so there is a so there is like this one house that I remember this vividly. Uh, it was a vacant house, and there must have been thirty business cards mm -hmm. on the kitchen counter. And it, it was vacant property. It was probably close to a foreclosure. Um, mm -hmm. And I look over and I and I see my client matching people. Like these these two look like they would go together, and like they, they were like she. <laughs> they were kind of like a little bit like on the spectrum mm -hmm. you know what i mean so mm -hmm. they so so they're like matching realtors like match.com but like putting mm -hmm. them together in a very okay. orderly way that is very funny how does mm -hmm. that i have no idea why that that just came to my head right <laughs> no now. i think it's a great story about the business cards i love it but hopefully they didn't call any of those people they weren't like oh my gosh this is the realtor I no work this with. is like mm -hmm. i okay. i've sold multiple houses to this person okay gotcha mm -hmm. uh yeah, but yeah it was interesting they're just, i just look over and you know <laughs> shuffling away they're shuffling a deck over here and you're like uh <laughs> Latricia. I mean, it was kind of funny Adam. in the moment, but um, anyways, moving on. All right. So many people are thinking about buying online leads, mm -hmm. right? Um, because they don't know how to market themselves on social media. They're getting spam called by all these different lead gen places. They get online leads. What's the worst thing that they can first say? when they first call initially make that first phone call. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. They first call to lead. The lead. 
and they they first call that lead, what's the worst thing that they could say? What's the worst question that they can ask? Show me the money. Mm-hmm. Are you pretty anything rude? financial? Anything financial to start? <laughs> it's such an awkward conversation. If anybody does that, and we see that, I think that there's a lot of bad things that they could say. Correct. I, I think there's probably less things that we can cover on what you actually should say on that first phone call. But there's a plethora of things explaining finances in any way, shape, or form before even having a conversation with the person or the ability to meet somebody face to face. Or if you've built the text relationship like Samantha Boyd loves to do, not picking up the phone and just building a text relationship with somebody. Um, finances. I think the one kicker, and we talk about this one all the time in teammates, is giving them any kind of bad news. Out. Giving them any kind of out. Yeah, and bad news. Correct. Yes. Correct. Oh, man. Um we yeah we actually mentioned this one on one of our calls this week um my biggest problem is that agents ask for things too soon Mm -hmm. um before providing any value um before giving really any information to a lead Mm -hmm. it's my biggest pet peeve is that people that agents ask for things rather than give any value. Like, why should I work with you? Mm-hmm. Um, so we forget about the personal aspect. We forget about its relation relationship. I tend to be more transactional than relational. Um, I don't, I think like, let's just get to the point. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. are you want to buy real estate? Yes or no. <laughs> okay. But that's, <laughs> that's, and that's a weakness. Um, mm-hmm. But it also makes you a lot more productive than most. Um, yeah at the same time. So I think the biggest question or the biggest question that you shouldn't ask a new lead is, are you still in the market mm-hmm. to buy a home? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Easy. No, no. Okay. Bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, then you got to talk about yeah. the art form between asking those kind of discovery questions in which they're either open-ended or close-ended. Because we all know those people that sit there and they just ask yes or no questions all day. And there's no continuity. There's no pattern to the conversation. It's literally yes or no answers. And you have to pick up the conversation right from the floor again to ask more questions to figure out what they really need. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of open-ended questions, allowing them to express verbally on what their pain points are, where they are in the real estate arena. Um what inspires them most and then just kind of get into that underlying factor of how can I help you kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me help you. Mm-hmm. Help me help you. Yeah. Help me help you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with an easy one. I think the worst thing that you can do when you first pick up the phone and call an internet lead is say, Hey, are you X? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the easiest out on any phone call ever. It immediately no. gives you a way as a salesperson. They're going to hang mm-hmm. up on you. They're going to be disconnected from you. And if you ever do role play with me, I will immediately hang up on you. And make call again <laughs> because <laughs> we should be past that. <laughs> I think it's every time you gonna... start one of our role play classes that w- I at least get one or two text messages Always from one. agents. And they'll be like, oh, I got hung up on. I was like, well, what'd you ask Sam this time? But sure enough, they get hung no. up for asking, how are you doing today? Or is this so-and-so? Yep. 
Sam. There's always one. Our, there's always one. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. And another topic that I think that I didn't mention, but I thought that there was kind of interesting is outdated social media posts. Um, we see a lot of realtors out here that think that they're providing value when they're, when literally people um, don't even give a shit about what is going on, like what they're mm -hmm. posting. Mm -hmm. um, so another big pet peeve of mine um, is I don't want to see the stats. I want to hear you talking about the stats. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Absolutely. Don't just show the stats. Don't just share, oh my gosh, this cool chart because your clients don't know what it means. <laughs> if you can't exemplify that you know what it means, they don't know what the fuck it means and you haven't engaged mm -hmm. them to tell them how it mean, what it means. Gosh, right. that's and my health like, for the week. And I feel yeah. like the last, oh my goodness. And there's just so many uh, scams. Uh, I don't know even know what they called, but like, there's so many like scam, they're not even scams. They're actually like legit companies, but like, they're just like giving agents dumb media posts. And oh, it's, it's the worst. Yeah. And, the, uh, and it's only hurting the agent. Yeah, yeah. sure. It's giving you, you're paying 30 bucks a month and it's giving you something to post, but like, nobody cares. You're yeah. not going to grow your following. You're not going to get, oh, wow, that was a really good stat that you just posted <laughs> in the comments. You know, Gosh, I'm definitely going to reach out to you if you have a under contract or just sold post. And that's literally all the only post. There's no context. Yeah. There's no backstory. Well, yeah, there's so no client review bit, to that. Yeah, I'm OK with just sold posts. But if it's all you're posting mm -hmm. and then you don't talk about it mm -hmm. um, in a different post or like whatever, um, I think it's dumb. It's not going to work. I think it's an interesting perspective too. One, if you're a realtor and you're looking to get clients online, you shouldn't just be following a ton of other realtors, right? As somebody that's a licensed realtor that is looking to recruit other realtors to join her team or her company, all I do is follow realtors. I see the exact same posts over and over and over again because they're all subscribed to like the same services that you're talking about like maybe a variation of two to three and some people do it really well they take the content that they're given they shape it into their own they add their own spin give personality to it create a storyline but 95 percent of them it's just like paste and paste and copy copy and paste copy and paste it's pretty brutal mm -hmm. well i mean like yeah like, are you talking about like trending videos or like, I'm not talking like... about, I'm not even talking about trending videos. I'm talking about like, mm -hmm. I don't want to name any names, but basically like you buy a Canva pack from somebody for mm -hmm. $35 a month and you plop your photo in and your favorite place to go eat ice cream. And that's what you're going to post today. I agree. 100%. <laughs> I think though that uh, there is a place for it, um, for non-creative people. Um, for using, utilizing like a service like Canva <laughs> or whatever. Um, but I have no clue how to do stuff in Canva. So I'm very I use Canva. Canva. To be clear, there's nothing wrong with Canva. I'm just saying stop. Stop well, just like copy and paste. And I'm over make it your own. You know, post provide like just a normal post. I'm just, I'm just going to scroll past it and I'm probably never going to see it again. But we also, <laughs> we also have like, you're only following realtors and you're only, 
you're only seeing that from realtors. But um, most, I guess, like, if I'm a realtor, most of my followers probably aren't realtors. Hopefully. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, like, my audience isn't seeing that. They're only seeing that post once. Not 50 <laughs> I think that if you think that you're buying one of those packs and you're the only realtor in your area posting it, you're dead wrong. And if you think that you're the only realtor that your sphere is following, you're you're 100% wrong, right? Mm -hmm. um, how point. much worse would it be if you didn't know that you and the other top realtor in your area were buying the same Canva packs from the same lady on Etsy at $35 a month and just copy pasting your photos. Yeah. Do some market research. Right. And I, I do think it's worth saying, I think a lot of agents fall into the trap of following other realtors. Like you see them commenting on each other's stuff all the time. You go girl, woohoo, congratulations. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I'm here for it. Support your community. But is that yeah, all you're trying. doing on social? What's the point? Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Are you trying to get referrals? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe, and that could work if you're not only following people in your area. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a good point. I never really thought about it that way. I know that there's some, there's some larger Instagram realtors that basically have a following of only realtors though. And mm -hmm. that's, they just built a massive referral business from them. That's yeah. amazing. But good those people are all from different States and different areas. True. 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 All right. Sean, do you have any would you rather's this week? I do. I have four this week. Oh my goodness. So to start off, we're putting the agent hat on for this. Would you rather work in a real estate market with a lot of competition and high demand or a market with low competition, low demand? The episodal Robbie versus Sam saga <laughs> has begun. Go. <laughs> I think so. I think Sam and I are going to agree on this one, actually, because 2020 was awesome. And yeah, was high, high and high, for sure. High, yes. I think that, I think that is the way, I think that's the winner for me. Mm -hmm. High mm -hmm. demand. Yeah, because we didn't have to search at that point. We had everything flocking to say, yeah. hey, how quickly can you get us under contract? So, right. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. That was easy. So, All right. Next one. Yeah. Perfect. Now, Would you rather make a lot of money or no money? No money at all. <laughs> um, all right. Would you rather exclusively work with buyers or sellers? Buyers. Sam. I know that that's very unpopular. I know. And like mm -hmm. Gary Keller. And what is that one book? List it. To win it, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> list the last or They would like all that. be like, "How could you?" Mm -hmm. But I just feel that way. Sellers drive me freaking nuts. Well, Dealing with the same person, the same property for 60, 90 days, just <laughs> can't wait to sell your listings. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes, but sometimes it's like that with a buyer too. You're with someone that are like you know sixty, ninety days with a buyer. But my thing mm -hmm. is, I can have. A lot more time and i think this goes back to the last episode um by the way this is episode five good job guys but oh i think this is go i think this goes back to last week where sam likes to do things mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like give me things to do and i'm just like yeah. where can i utilize my time the most <laughs> yeah um 
like I think last week where you wanted to work with like regular buyers and I was like luxury all day, you know, mm-hmm. um, even though I don't, I won't close as much as, as you, but um, I mean, I'm going to say sellers. Sean, I'd have doing? to say sellers as well, to be mm-hmm. honest. I think there's just such an untapped market into what could spawn from these listings just in and of itself in the neighborhood that you're selling in. Cause if you take two portions of that market, if you take two listings on, obviously that spawns into more. You're doing some open houses, which obviously that could be a topic that we kind of talk about, about doing open houses, but that could just spawn more and more deals, especially the, Ability to potentially double end deals. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I'll take that all day. Increase your income. Mm-hmm. Get more listings. <laughs> Don't be poor. I just feel like you have a lot less control. You have a lot less options when you take on a listing. Like they're probably mm-hmm. not going to upgrade. They're not going to fix that much. Yeah, you can do price reductions, but you really can't mm-hmm. change that house once it's on market. So you're just you know, kind of sitting is- there. It is kind of funny. Uh, so when you have a listing and you have a buyer, when you're on a listing, you're like, wow, like I'm only looking for one. That buyer is can look at multiple listings, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So it's like, a, it's definitely different. Um, like I need to sell this one, but they're working with a buyer that can look at 20 different places. Right. They have to like my listing to buy it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that yeah. buyer has options and I can be the guy that shows them every single option. Except right now. We mm-hmm. don't have options. Yeah. <laughs> we have yeah, options. We don't have, I mean, we don't have <laughs> options on the selling side, but they end up, end up turning into a buyer. So that turns into a referral. If you're exclusively only working with sellers. It's true. So you could have two deals in one listing plus a buy side. Yeah. I'm going to take sellers. I'm not going to say you're wrong. I, Sam, I had an agent that did that. Wrong. She got, that's okay. She had a listing. The buyer had two listings that they needed to sell mm-hmm. to buy Amazing. her to buy her listing. So she sold the buyer's two um, properties to buy her listing. So she got double in. So I guess there's four deals. Nice. Mm-hmm. Pretty swag. We definitely Strong weren't slated house. to talk about this, but what's y'all's opinion on open houses? Oh, depends so, on the neighborhood. <clears throat> I always like to share the stat that only like 2% of open houses actually sell the listing. Like if Mm -hmm. you're doing an open house, it's specifically just to get more buyer clients. Mm -hmm. So you really need to weigh out the fact, like, do I want a buyer in this price range in this neighborhood? Is that what I'm looking for? Is this really where I want to grow my business and spend more time? And I think that most agents just say like, oh, I want to do an open house. I don't care. I need clients. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that sellers have a misconception that like, if you do an open house, you're going to sell my property. And that's simply not true. Mm-hmm. I'm just Robbie. looking at the last two years <laughs> where like you had an open house, there's some people that were going to show up and it's going to be a thing. You're going to create like this, this like frenzy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I mean, you know, there's a team leader on our team that posted a picture of an open house and there was a line out the door. You know, that's Mm -hmm. what, I think that's what sellers expect. Right. And maybe Mm -hmm. if the right property, it, you will have that, but a lot of sellers don't have the right expectations and, you know, unless it checks all the boxes, 
I don't know. And I feel like a lot of open houses that are are done are shitty houses. Like, yes. mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, like, if there is an open house one weekend, I'm like, oh, man, well, mm-hmm. probably junk. Mm-hmm. And then you got to think about all the ones that are just so poorly marketed. That people yes. that are just go out there and say, hey, I'm going to stick a sign in the, in the corner of this busy street and expect people to just come driving to the door. Yes. That they don't do. And it's usually diligence. just like neighbors being correct. Right. Yes. I want to. <laughs> I do what... think that there's immense opportunity in open houses if you do it right. Like if you do the neighbors only event, you do the door knocking a couple of days before to invite the neighborhood. Like that. There's so many opportunities to capitalize on this one listing that you have. Mm-hmm. But do the mental checklist first and make sure that like, is this an area that I want to work? Do I see potential for myself to grow my brand in this area? What are my What's my competition? Is it already a really heavily farmed neighborhood? Am I just wasting my money? Like, there's a lot that goes into it that I feel like agents don't think about. Well, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of agents door knock. You like, should hey. absolutely door knock before an open house, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or just say, hey, I have a listing going live next week. And it's going to be, yeah, like, we're going to have an open house. Do you want to come see it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way, do you want to sell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not transactional, Robbie. No. <laughs> My clients Secure love that me, appointment. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> it gives that warm and fuzzy feeling every time he steps through the door. Got it. As long as the alarm code is not going off or the alarm in the house is not going right. off, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> All right. So our next one is would you rather work with first time buyers, first time home buyers, or seasoned investors this one might be a little easier than most but i don't want to assume anything i want that first timer i want that little moldable pliable gonna listen to me take everything i say into consideration i get like the joy of their excitement when they buy their first home and i get to hold their hand when they're crying because they lost their first offer like they love me. They're obsessed yeah. with me and they yeah. owe everything to me at the end. <laughs> Sam is all about that warm and fuzzy feeling to yeah. get that person I, to like them. I do agree. <laughs> I agree with this one, Sam. I think it's just like the week where like everything's kind of been shitty and we're just, and we're agreeing this week. But I think for the most part, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I think that everything's been shitty. So we're <laughs> <laughs> So I do think, yeah, like first time home buyers, because a lot of time, I mean, investors, I've worked, I've worked with several, but they're a lot more difficult to work with than a first time home buyer. Oh, for I, sure. Everything Sam said was on point. Yeah. They, it's they, the ego. They listen, they mm-hmm. listen to you. There's an yeah, ego thing. Exactly. I understand that. I'm actually There's shocked by that, more, Robbie. I'm shocked There's by more, that. even, I mean... I work with a lot of investors, but for the most, mm-hmm. like that was like a lot of my transactions, but for the most part, it's easier. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that first time home buyers, they listen to you more. I mm-hmm. think that is the, you can give them more value. Yeah. You're the rock star. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. If you get them a deal under contract, they're absolutely stoked. They're telling their family, they're telling their friends, whereas investors yeah. don't really mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to have to go to the other side, then go to investors only because it may have just been the market that I used to work in that it was normally short-term rental, long-term rental market. So it was very highly dependent on investor relationships. 
and getting the PNL statements and getting everything all set for that is I I like those people. Not to say that I'm in transactional in nature, which is also the reason why I was a little bit surprised by your answer, Robbie, because investors are all about the transactions. They want to see the profit. They want to see all of that. I don't mind getting those numbers. I'll get those for them all day. But it's continuous. As long as you bring them value over a certain period of time, you show them the cash flow, you show them what could be possible off of that. I think that is something that can stay consistent. We have several people that we have on our group that they've built one or two investor relationships and that's kept them busy for the last, what, 16, 18 months just because they built that relationship with them, whether it was something that they saw on social media or it was something that the that they were able to do for them when it comes to helping them credit back to help purchase more property. There's some people out there that do that as well. So, I and I understand that, and that part mm-hmm. is is that part is easy. Like, hey, this mm-hmm. is the property. This is how much you'll make if we get it for this price. You know, here's your expenses mm-hmm. or you know expected expenses or whatever. Yeah, that part. Mm-hmm. That part, sure. That that part's easy, but. I mean, I got into real estate for a reason. Sure. I didn't just I didn't just get into real estate just because of the money. I mm. did get into real estate because I do like people. And I feel mm. like if a even like it like Sam said, that woman fuzzy mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that mm-hmm. like first time home buyers get, I think that's why I got into real estate because I do like seeing people happy. Um but I do like the um just bluntness of investors i have to say mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no yes if they're if they're assertive and they know what they want they're very they're i'm like okay well that makes sense moving on you know mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. no emotion right up my alley i get it <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay and then kind of our last question based off of this is kind of going into your team leader realm Would you rather work with a team of experienced real estate agents who have a strong competitive streak or a team of newbies that are willing to learn? That is tough. Mm -hmm. It's a tough one. Yeah. Do you want to make... Because there's a lot of egos involved in one side where you have a lot of people where you're going to do a lot lot more tough conversations first or long conversations. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go, um, competitive experienced PIA, make Mm. you lose sleep at night go gray early. That's what I'm going for. (laughs) Okay. Honestly, I, I actually didn't think that that was going to be Sam's answer. You got to think strategically. I can have tough conversations. I can handle egos, but yeah. do I have, you know, 27 hours a day to walk, let's say 30 brand new agents through every single moment that they're doing in real estate? No, mm-hmm. I, I will say, I think like a year and a half ago, two years ago, I would have probably said, oh, I want all the brand new agents and I can just mold them to be whatever I want. But now I know, like, I don't have the time, energy yeah, um, to give. I'm with <laughs> you, man, yep. is like, is it a full moon, Sean? Like, yeah, yeah, I agree with, I agree with Sam on this one though, to be honest, I think I'd rather have experienced agents that I can, um, ego check every once in a while. Um, or, um, cause I usually can probably kind of come from, I can usually see where that agent is coming from, um, and coach them 
a little mm-hmm. like how they need to be coached. I feel like I can read people, mm-hmm. but maybe that's just, I feel like everyone says that, like I can read people. I've got a mm-hmm. good read on people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but like maybe that's why you... we're in the positions that we're in, but yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. What do you think, Sean? I, and I'm very much biased because I love the position I am in with our group, but I love seeing newbies thrive when they mm-hmm. have no conception of what this industry can do. I love coaching people like that. Just seeing whatever I say or do have some kind of mindset shift towards their success or seeing what they do afterwards with it. I mean, I just saw one of the people that I probably spent more time with over that probably six to eight month mark. And they're like top three in their team now. And that I love seeing people thrive like that. Um, So I'll take the newbies all day, every day, even might take a little bit longer for them to really catch on as long as they have a good work ethic. I mean, we'll, we'll throw that disclaimer in there, but shows like your patience. Mm -hmm. I let them talk. I let them talk and then ask a couple of questions and then they come to the realization of what they're trying to achieve. And then they're like, wait a second, I got this. I got this. <laughs> so you're challenging them by saying that I know, you know, the information that's ahead of you. Let's help you get to that point. I like doing that all day. So. I feel like we just like peeled back a layer of onion of Sean. We all <laughs> understand him a little bit better. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Was that your last um, would you rather? That was my last would you rather. All right. Sam, why don't you take us away this week? You want my worst closing story ever? I mm. want I want the worst <laughs> of the worst. The worst of the worst. I want worst. people to really no. understand Sam when it comes to the wor- the being at the bottom of it and then, you know, the the rock bottom has a basement and you were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say that I think my worst memories I've blacked out. I don't think I have them anymore because I know that it's... <laughs> you throw them so much into your subconscious <laughs> that they just never could come billowing out from there? Yes, got it. Like, like I have these little fragments and I'm like, wow, I feel like that was a whole story. I'm like, nope, I only have a little piece of it now. Um, mm. All right, so I'll tell you about uh, my client and I'll change his name and I'll call him Joe. So Joe is actually one of the first leads that I got at this company. Like I had, you know, two days in, got my first lead. This is my second lead at the company. And um, I didn't close him until nine months later, roughly. So I called Joe all the time, constantly. Joe lived in West Virginia and he was a talker and I'm not a talker. I know that that's uh, counterintuitive given that we are hosting a podcast right now, but I really like to get in, get out. Like that is, I'm very much like Ravi in that. I don't want to do the ushigoshi stuff over the phone. I just want to know what you want and how I can help you. And then I'll meet you in person. That wasn't Joe. That's not, that's not who he was. Um, I had to talk to all the kids and all the grandkids and his wife. Who I'm was just a imagining much... Sam just like, she's like, wants this commission and she's just like 20 young 20s. <laughs> Sam <laughs> with a warm and fuzzy person trying to introduce all the third I'm, cousins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the kind of person that will put you on speaker and mute and just like mm-hmm. uh-huh and put you back down <laughs> if that's where we need to go. Anyway, so worked with worked with Joe for a really long time. He was initially looking like right in my area. Great. 
starts getting further and further out. You know that kind of client, right? Like, oh, well, what if we just push it just a little bit? I think I can get a little bit more for my money 30 minutes away. No problem. I'll drive 30 minutes all day. Then it became an hour. Then it became an hour and a half. So we were under contract on one house previously. We backed out because of the inspection. They ended up not liking it. They were coming from out of state and they were doing completely virtual. So they were just going off of my word, my video tours. Terrifying <laughs> the first time you do it, right? I'm like, what waivers do I need signed and how many of them can I get? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the second property that we go under contract on, they absolutely love it. It was in San Antonio, which is the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Sorry if you live there. Um, I actually didn't even drive up there because it was didn't that far away. Place. <laughs> I had an agent up there do a video tour for me and come back. So I had never seen the property um, and didn't You've meet never anybody seen living the property there. Either. I had never seen it in person. <laughs> <laughs> no. But we went under contract. They absolutely loved it. And so I, I hired my inspector to go out there. And when he gets there, the fence to this kind of rural property is chain locked. He can't get in. He calls me. I'm like, oh, I'll call the seller. Well, the seller's daughter was the one living in the property. The sellers were out of state. They say they're going to take care of it, whatever. Daughter comes out, lets them into the property. He said that this place was absolutely disgusting. It was easily the worst inspection report I've ever seen in my entire life. And nor I'm expecting like a 50, 60 pager. Like this was like 120. It was in deep. Everything was in red. It was terrible. My clients loved it. They're like, this is the house. Like we just need them to do like these three tiny things that way it'll pass insurance. We'll do everything else ourselves. Like we love this house. This house is on well and septic. And so one of the things was that like the well had to be looked at. Mm -hmm. And so we hired a well company to go out. And when he got there, he said it was so bad that he needed to turn off power at the well in order to get a little bit deeper, figure out what was going on. The daughter that was living at the property, this is a long story, I'm sorry. The daughter that was living at the property <clears throat> allowed him in to take a look after turning off the power to it. He then immediately had to go to the shop to get something to fix it. When he got back, she had chain linked the fence, let her dogs out into the yard, refused to allow him access. There's no power to the well. He turned it off. For two weeks, she didn't let anybody back onto that property. She lived without water. Anytime somebody would come by, she would be outside in like half an outfit, screaming her head off. My clients were absolutely like in shambles. They had spent money on inspections, appraisals, yeah. all of this stuff. We were supposed to close in two weeks. And the sellers ultimately decided to back out. They said, we can't sell this house. Our crazy ass daughter's living here. What are we supposed to do? My clients were heartbroken. They had no money. They didn't have an attorney. Obviously, like I told them they can consult. They should hire somebody. Da, 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 da. They got out of it. Finally. Um, begrudgingly. They really wanted that house. We went under contract three more times oh until God. we finally got it done. But on the day that we're supposed to get it done, remember that they were out of state. They mm. drove all day all night in their U-Haul with their 16 children, 15 guinea pigs, and whatever else they had going on on those three-way calls. <laughs> and so we're in the parking lot of the title company for closing. We just completed the final walkthrough. Lender said we were good to go. We're in the parking lot and I'm talking to the lender because the title company still doesn't have the closing docs. And it's like 4.50. Like these people are homeless tonight mm -hmm. if we don't close. It was a Friday, I'm pretty sure. And the lender says, oh, well, we're just missing this one document. And so my client, Mr. Joe, went into the back of his car and got out these boxes of files. And he put them on the road 
where we were, the entire family, <laughs> and he starts pulling out files. And we literally, all over this parking lot, have spread out these papers trying to find this one document that the lender said that he needs. And the whole time I'm going, hey, lender, these people are homeless if we don't close. So if we get you this one paper, we're going to close today, right? And he says, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Title company closed. We never found that piece of paper. <laughs> they didn't close until Wednesday the next week. They had to stay in a hotel. It was awful. So that was the worst one. That puts some perspective on my day today. That wasn't as bad as that. Gosh. Unbelievable. I, <laughs> I feel, I feel I, like that whole situation. I was just cringing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That whole story. Mm-hmm. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. That's a rough one. And you know what? I don't even maximize that opportunity because I really did never, I never formed a connection with that person. Like, mm. it's like we didn't click. I did not enjoy talking to the 27 family members. So even though I did all that extra work <laughs> and I <laughs> fought so hard to get it done, I've never gotten a referral from that man. He probably was like, she ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. It's probably because no. you he didn't buy him like, a closing our reviews and. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that was that was during COVID. No, I didn't buy my closing gift. Yeah, that's why. It's, I'm not giving her a referral because she didn't get me a bottle of champagne. Mm, I think I paid for a night of his hotel. Okay, that is. And then nice. out in San Antonio, that was probably what like ten dollars a night. No, they ended up buying Brandon. I think it was like a hundred bucks. The lender chipped in for a night. Yeah, it was awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was Sounds awful. Horrible. I've that's literally crazy. like had lenders not be able to close deals for days at a time and i just like find myself because you get so emotionally involved with these people's yeah. lives yeah. 